Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Yesterday we were talking towards the end there of uh, putting on the Word of God. Putting on the Word of God as though it was clothing. But we had also identified that uh, wisdom that was of this world, earthly, wisdom that was sensual, uh, of man's fallen nature or of the flesh, and wisdom that came that is devilish. And we identified that cherub that used to be in the presence of God as the one that had rebelled against God, and in rebelling against God, he corrupted his wisdom, he corrupted his beauty, he corrupted everything, including his perfection that was in him before God. And uh, we have in this day and age that we live in, we have the wisdom that he provides, that he gives. And it is not anything like the wisdom of God that is pure, that is uh, righteous, that is holy, that is, uh, uh, shows no partiality, it's merciful. It's nothing like that. So we identified where the diabolical source of wisdom comes from. We have identified that there is the fleshy, carnal, uh, sensual wisdom that comes from man. And then there is the earthly wisdom, that wisdom that is of this earth. The people that follow it, uh, they assume that it's a wisdom, but it is not. When the Apostle Paul talked about uh, people walking in wisdom and the wisdom of his day, he counteracted it by saying that the wisdom of this world is foolishness, but the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace, because that is the wisdom that comes from God. The wisdom that is above is first peaceable. It's peaceable. There is a peace in the life of the individual. And there is peace also that is found in what one does. Uh, it's, it's, it's happy. It's gentle. Uh, it's easy to be entreated. The word entreated there, it's of good persuasion. And uh, it's full of mercy and full of good works. But when Paul talked to the Corinthian church, he told them that if they were still having divisions amongst themselves and they were uh, there was contentions and there was divisions that that wisdom was not coming from above it was not coming from God but then he tells them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 however we speak the wisdom we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or the word there would be mature Yet not the wisdom of this age. Nor of the princesses of this world that comes to nothing. So he identifies now, let's see. We said the flesh, which was sensual. We said earthy. Uh, we said devilish. Now he says the wisdom of the age. That is the uh, word for uh, aeon. That, that is the word which means a period of time. It could be days, weeks, months, years, 
hundreds or even millions of years. Uh, we talk about the Stone Age or we talk about the Ice Age. Uh, we talked about, about the Technological Age or the Dark Ages. We're talking about a period of time that people live in. Well, the wisdom of that time uh, does not bring them any benefit. And also those that are the the word princes, those are that are the principal ones or the first ones. When we think of the word principal, that's where we get the Greek word ark. We think of an archangel that's talking about a principal one. So the princesses of this world, of this age, uh, it comes to nothing. But Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, verse number 7, he says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God. And that hidden wisdom of God, of course, is in Christ. Christ and the work that he did on the cross is the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God because <clears throat> the princesses of this world, had they known that, they wouldn't have crucified Christ according to the next verse. But it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the age unto our glory. Which none of the princesses of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So once again, in association with wisdom is the cross. The importance of understanding the effect of the cross. The preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the cross of Christ. How it is the wisdom of God. It says in verse number 9 very popular uh, verse that a lot of people quote. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And of course, in the Old Testament, the quote that this is gotten from, it says, for those that wait on him or wait upon him. And in verse number 10, it says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. So we begin to understand and we begin to see that wisdom also comes from the Spirit of God. There's wisdom that comes from the Word of God. But we had also mentioned that wisdom and the word of God can be worn. When Jesus, after he had come out of the wilderness, and he entered there into Nazareth, and he opened the book, the scroll of Isaiah, as was his normal uh, routine to get up there and read from the scripture. The Bible says, that that scripture is taken from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Well, in those three verses there, we actually see uh, something interesting. We start off with, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember, everything is revealed by the Spirit of God, Jesus said. When He, the Comforter, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you, He will lead you into all truth. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And not only is the Spirit of the Lord upon him, the Spirit of the Lord came and rested upon Christ in his baptism and remained, God told uh, uh, John the Baptist, whoever you see the Spirit descending upon and remaining, he is the Lamb of God. Then, of course, we understand then that the Spirit of God not only came upon Jesus, but stayed upon Jesus. Well, the, the scripture says, And the Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings. And of course, the good tidings can also be worn as a pair of shoes. Yeah, we find this in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 10, where it talks about blessed are the feet of those that uh, preach the gospel, or blessed are the, the feet of those that have to walk and those that have to go, and those that carry with them the gospel wherever that they go. The scripture says, uh, we'll start, uh, start reading this, the scripture says that in these areas of our lives, it has to be possible that somebody preaches and brings the gospel to us. Otherwise, how are they going to hear? It says uh, in uh, Romans chapter 10, it says, uh, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear except without a preacher? And it says in Romans 10, 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings or bring glad tidings, bring glad tidings of good things. Of course, the, <clears throat> somebody has to uh, shod their feet to be able to go and preach the gospel. But that shotting of the feet is the word of God itself. Your word is a lamp and a light unto my path. So the scripture keeps on going. It says, uh, preach the gospel uh, of good things unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison doors to them that are bound. Also to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. That part has not been fulfilled. But Jesus uh, uh, had that first part, uh, the Spirit of the Lord upon him. That's why he is called the Christ. That means the anointed one. To preach the day of uh, vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Verse number 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. There has to be an exchange. The oil of joy for mourning. Now, if, we, if you look at it, comfort all that mourn. That's the first time it mentions it. To appoint unto them that mourn. That's the second time. To give beauty for ashes and the oil <clears throat> of joy for mourning. There's three times that it's mentioned. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be glorified. So we see here that we can put on the garment of praise. If we can put on the garment of praise, we can certainly put on the armor of God. We can put on righteousness. We can shot ourselves with the, the preparation of the gospel of peace or the belt of righteousness. We are putting on the word of God. Putting on the word of God because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. They're, they're not natural. They are of God. So consider this on your daily walk with the Lord. Consider this on your daily meditation. What can I put on? How can I put on the Word of God? What are His promises for my life that I can literally, just as the uh, Jewish uh, individuals way back then, they hid the Word of God written in their robes. They had it on the frontlets of their forehead. They, they hung it around their wrists. Well, if that doesn't sound like wearing the Word of God, then I'm, I'm, I'm not sure then what they were doing by binding it around themselves. Bind the Word of God to your heart. Bind it around your life by wearing it in every specific area that is mentioned of the armor of God. Whether it's our feet, whether it's the belt of truth, <clears throat> whether it's the shield of faith. He wants to give us the garment of praise so that we put it on. So that the spirit of heaviness no longer rests upon us. That's all the doing of the Lord. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination today. What are you going to wear today? Choose wisely, because it may be very needful the rest of the day. Lord, richly bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.